few weeks ago, on a Sunday, tell me if this sounds familiar, I woke up, had breakfast, started picking up socks from the floor, and suddenly it was like six hours later and I had cleaned my entire apartment from top to bottom like a whirling dervish. I like blacked out. I have no memory of this like six hours. All of a sudden I just emerged with like a super clean apartment. And I found things. I mean, I found money under the couch. I found avocados in the pantry and in the pocket of a coat I hadn't worn in like a year. A picture from a holiday party from last year with my now ex-girlfriend. The money, I put in a drawer, the avocado, I ate, the ex-girlfriend picture, I burned. No, I cried. No, no, no. First I cried, then I burned. Whatever the sequence is, I can't remember. Anyway, this hysterical level of cleaning also happened once in Jewish history. It happened, you knew there was going to be a connection, right? Okay. It happened once to a guy, his name was Hilkiah, and it turned out to have monumental consequences. It was the year 622 BCE, so 2600 years ago, and Hilkiah was the high priest of Jerusalem. Besides the king of Judah, Hilkiah was the highest ranking Jew in the kingdom, and a person of great religious importance to the community. He was undertaking a massive cleaning of the holy temple, the central structure of Jewish life and worship located on the Temple Mount, where the gold Dome of the Rock stands today. We talked a little bit about this last episode. We can imagine Hilkiah slowly moving from one side of the temple to the other, sweeping, touching up the paint, blessing various holy objects, and organizing papers. And then he reached deep into the back of a closet, or maybe he popped open a dusty, long-forgotten chest. And as he did, his hand grabbed something, and he pulled it out. And as he took a closer look, he realized that it was a scroll. In fact, it was a scroll that no one had seen for hundreds of years. And unlike, hopefully, my ex-girlfriend, Hilkiah's find was going to set the direction of Western civilization. Welcome to Jew Ought to Know. <laughs> I would say to young people that we can do everyone our share to redeem the world. Shalom, everyone. Welcome to episode number five, five, five of Juadano. I'm your host, Jason Harris. Uh, the good news is this podcast went live on iTunes yesterday, and we have had almost 90 listens in the last 24 or 30 hours, which is so exciting because I no longer feel like some weird guy who sits in my living room and talks to himself about Jewish history. Although, I guess I do that. I'm just recording it now. Anyway, welcome everyone to the podcast you ought to know. Let's get back into it. So a scroll, for my millennial listeners, is simply the ancient version of a poorly labeled hard copy PDF. Something that requires unusual skills like penmanship. And indeed, this particular scroll seems to have been very poorly labeled, because as Hilkiah took a closer look, he got really, really excited. From the depths of hundreds of years in the past came the answer to two huge problems facing the kingdom of Judah in the 7th century BCE. The first problem was that for the last couple of hundred years, things were not going so great for the kingdom of Judah. Sometimes they were up, but a lot of times they were down. This is an era of history when the Assyrians were fading away, the Babylonians were rising up, 
Egypt was forming alliances to stay in the game, and as we know from the map, the Kingdom of Judah around present-day Jerusalem sits right in the middle of all this, just like today. So armies and warring kings are going back and forth and back and forth every five minutes. Sometimes Judah had a strong king who was able to keep the foreign invaders at bay, or to strike deals to preserve the Jews' independence. But sometimes Judah had a weak king who opted to become a vassal to the stronger power, limiting the Jews' independence in their homeland. What this meant in practice is that the king of Judah would allow the dominant power to install their pagan gods in Jerusalem and elsewhere in the kingdom, bringing pagan worship to a people, the Jews, who insisted on worshiping only one god, the god. This is an important point, so try to remember this in a few minutes. Now, occasionally this weak king chose wrong, which led to the kind of mass destruction that uh, you're familiar with from watching Mel Gibson movies, like the historical ones, not his career. I mean, that too, but anyway. That was the first problem. Things were not going so well. The second problem was more introspective. The Jews wondered, why is this happening to us? What have we done to deserve this fate? One argument was, look, we're stuck in the middle of three empires fighting for control of the known world. We're just trying to survive here. Let's cut ourselves a little slack. But there was another, more resonant argument. This argument basically said, Remember how we tell these stories to ourselves about our past, and how after Moses freed us from slavery in Egypt, we went to Mount Sinai and made this covenant with God? And the covenant was that we were going to uphold God's laws and God was going to look after us? Well, maybe all this bad stuff has been happening to us because we aren't following God's laws anymore. We're being bad Jews. And some of our kings have been bad kings in the eyes of God. And that's why bad things keep happening to us. We're not following God's law and living up to our half of the deal we made. This argument was really powerful and it carried the day. But that then led to another problem. I mean, it's so Jewish, it's so Jewish. Like we solved one problem, but oh no, no, now we have a whole other problem. The new problem was, okay, so this is from hundreds of years ago. We don't quite remember all the details of all the laws and exactly what it is that we're supposed to be doing. So we're arguing with ourselves, and meanwhile, we keep getting sacked. This brings us back to Hilkiah and his hard copy PDF, or scroll. This scroll, we actually refer to it as a book. This book that Hilkiah found buried in the back of a closet in the temple spelled out exactly what it is that the Jews were supposed to be doing to keep God's laws. Not only that, it spelled out exactly what was going to happen if they didn't, which amazingly turned out to be pretty much exactly what had been going on the last couple of centuries. Nice find. Solved the both problems. Hilkiah called this book the teaching, or as we say in Hebrew, the Torah. See where I'm going with this now, right? There's a point to every story. Okay. Hilkiah found the Torah. Actually, he specifically found the book of Deuteronomy, which is the fifth and final book of the Torah. And actually, to be even more specific, he found a part of the book of Deuteronomy. So what did he do with this Torah that he found in the back closet of the temple that no one had seen in hundreds of years? Let me bring in another character, and that is King Josiah. King Josiah became king of Judah at the age of eight, and when he grew up, he went in the opposite direction of his father and grandfather, who were the previous kings, where they allowed pagan worship, and crucially also allowed Jews to worship at religious sites outside of Jerusalem, Josiah brought everything back in-house to the holy temple of Jerusalem. 
He destroyed the pagan idols, he closed the other religious sites, and he ordered the high priest Hilkiah to undertake a top-to-bottom cleansing of the temple in order to get everything back the way Josiah thought it ought to be. So when Hilkiah came to King Josiah with this Torah, Josiah was pretty excited. Actually, he was really scared. He was excited because he was right. Everyone likes to be right. But he was scared because the Jews in the kingdom weren't yet on board with his plan. And God was promising great suffering if they got this wrong. And Josiah's plan now turns out to be coincidentally aligned with God's plan. Okay, so what is the point of all this that I'm telling you? This moment in history, 622 BCE, under the reign of King Josiah, is when the stories of Jewish history started getting written down into what would become the Bible. The book of Deuteronomy was the first step. These biblical stories, like creation, the flood, the forefathers, slavery in Egypt, Moses, and Mount Sinai, they'd been around for hundreds of years already. But mostly they were orally passed down, or maybe some things have been written down here and there. The book of Deuteronomy is basically a summary of everything that took place in the first four books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, and Numbers. And it may have been the first effort to start stringing everything together in a cohesive narrative. Okay, so let me throw a giant wrench in this whole story. Are you ready? Are you ready? I'm going to like upend everything here, okay? This business about Hilkiah, the high priest, finding the book of Deuteronomy in the basement of the temple. Yeah, so maybe it didn't really happen. Maybe Hilkiah never found the book of Deuteronomy. Maybe he wrote it. I know, I know. Crazy, right? Also, like, wow, I strung you guys along on that story for a long time. Very proud of myself. Anyway, so what's up? Okay, so maybe the book wasn't found so much as written on purpose. It's really flattering to King Josiah. Josiah declares that he's doing away with pagan worship, and lo and behold, the book of Deuteronomy also says to get rid of pagan worship. King Josiah decides that all the Jews now have to worship only at the temple of Jerusalem, and Deuteronomy says everyone has to worship at the temple in Jerusalem. Josiah declares that he's going to obey all of God's laws, and the book of Deuteronomy says that a great king is one who obeys all of God's laws. In other words, it's possible to read this section of Deuteronomy found by Hilkiah as being an awfully convenient justification for King Josiah's political and religious efforts in the kingdom. In other words, while the book of Deuteronomy seems to be about Moses telling the Israelites they need to obey God and how to do it and threatening horrible punishments if they don't, it might very well be the case that King Josiah's political allies instead wrote this book as a way to justify the the legitimacy of his policies. So yeah, that could really mean that some of the Jewish traditions we are following today in our daily lives are actually done to make King Josiah look good from 2600 years ago. That's kind of cool to think about. Now, the biblical historians who have been listening to this podcast are, at this point, tearing out all of their remaining hair and screaming at their iPhones. Because, as I stated at other points in this podcast, I am, of course, greatly simplifying things. This whole story is very, very complicated. For instance, Hilkiah didn't find or write the entire book of Deuteronomy. He found kind of the main section of it. The rest was written after him. So we know that he himself wasn't the author of Deuteronomy. But many scholars are pretty confident that his son, who was the prophet Jeremiah, was the author. 
Basically, I'm condensing a very complex era of Jewish history into this narrative that I'm telling you. But we'll get into it in later episodes because this story is spread across a lot of other biblical books. Jewish tradition teaches us that Moses himself wrote the entire Torah, paraphrasing directly from the Word of God. But of course, the Bible was written down by actual people. Before I start getting into the biblical account, I wanted you to have an understanding that all the stories in the Bible come from somewhere and have a reason they are being told. Knowing those reasons tells us a lot about who we are as Jews and where our traditions come from. I say this because I often feel on my birthright trips that when the Bible comes up, people start groaning and rolling their eyes at me, as if I'm going to try to convince them to believe in God and therefore to accept everything in the Bible as some kind of justification for birthright propaganda. I'm not. But we have to know these stories and understand where they came from and why they were told and what they say about us. And only then can we judge, does this particular story convey a value that I believe in? I find this story in particular relevant to today. The 2016 presidential election is in three days. And I find it really interesting to think about this ancient story that says a great king is one who upholds the laws and traditions. And a bad king will face punishments if he doesn't. Whether you're going to agree or disagree with what the book of Deuteronomy says, using Jewish traditions to interpret our modern world is how Jews have been conducting themselves for thousands of years. That's why, as I like to say, and say it with me, you ought to know. By the way, how did things turn out for everyone in this story? Well, a few years after this, King Josiah was shot with an arrow in battle against the Egyptians, he died. His sons and a grandson who succeeded him as kings really sucked. And a few decades later, in the year 586, the Babylonians sacked Jerusalem, destroyed the temple, and exiled the Jews to Babylon. But hey, I mean, we got the book of Deuteronomy. Alright, so let's get into the Bible. If you're confused about all this terminology, Book of Deuteronomy, which is different than the Bible, which is different than the Torah, don't worry, stick around for the next episode, I'm going to explain the whole thing. And I'll even tell you if the Bible is true. Thanks for listening!